What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horde, and this is the wait. This is this is the NWA podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time. I've got Twitch pulled up, and it is like talking in my ear. Is it back on? Uh, no, just uh, whatever oh. came up when I went back to Twitch. Like something was already just playing. Anyway, thank you guys for being here. All of you that are here right now, you guys are all gorgeous. Thank you for the happy birthday wishes. It's a very sweet of you. It is Rob and I's birthday. Uh, the uh, as you know, Rob's not able to be here right now. He's uh, he's got to work. He's doing open houses. We're screwing with him on text, and uh, he's uh, yelling at me now that I told him I was sharing this conversation. He said I should have censored the f words. So I apologize for that. That I didn't. he's in school mode. Oh, he's in the chat right now, Rob Stetson. Oh, hello. <laughs> you guys are terrible. Uh, oh, guys, we have so much to talk about tonight. We have like a list of news items we can go over. We've got the NWA's big news. We've had a day to rest and reflect on. We can talk about that. We had a good one last night, folks. If you were not here, we had an emergency meeting of the hashtag NWA fan. And uh, it is no lie. It was not... Some, I, I don't even know how to describe this, but somehow the news came out and we went live to talk about it with J. Cal from the Alliance blog. And not only were we joined by J. Cal from the Alliance blog, the real world's heavyweight champion, Nick Aldis, joined us live. And so did Dave Marquez. And we could not have asked for a better show, and you guys have pushed it and supported it so much. Subscribers shot up. It's been great. Uh, so shout out Dave Marquez, Nick Aldis, and especially the lovely J. Cal for being there with us as we talked about the brand new news that the NWA has partnered with uh, United Wrestling Network and uh, Thunder Productions, I believe was the name of it. Um, I'm going to pull up the press release so I can answer any and all questions that are probably going to come in today multiple times. And uh, so we'll have that ready to go. But uh, very cool news. We were excited just to talk about it. And uh, we were excited we were able to capitalize on it by all of us being able to go live. And, uh, and it paid off, man. This was this was a big deal, uh, but but anyway, well, I said before we went into the new stuff, I would uh, ask you if you had anything you would like to talk about first. Just echo what you're saying, man. Like it was, I mean, you can't ask for a better uh, <clears throat> response from that announcement than literally, you know, an hour after the announcement comes out, we're sitting here with J. Cal, the, the premier news source, and and. Uh, you know, historian of, of NWA and then to get joined by arguably two of the biggest players in this whole deal, Dave Marquez and, uh, and, and the champ, Nick Aldis. I mean, you know, aside from having Billy Corgan on with us, that, that was kind of top of the mountain, you know? So it, it was just cool to uh, get to, to pick their brand a little bit and, and hear, you know, where they're at and, um, to hear how how the champ is feeling, I like I like hearing that he's ready and he's leaning out and he's he's been. He training. seemed more excited than yeah. He seemed in a while, didn't he? He seemed like yeah. in a super good mood. Yep. I mean, why wouldn't you be, man? You know, 
Yeah, I was I was excited to talk to him, and he just he just was he's he's been on the show. You know, God bless him. Him and Thunder Rosa have been on the show multiple times. Dave Marquez now as well. But there was something different in the air last night. Like uh, when Nick Aldis was on there, he was like flexing and just pumped and just he seemed energetic. He seemed ready to go. Now, he did say he had just taken his pre-workout, so that's probably part of it. But it just seemed like there was a big weight off of his shoulders. Like, it's coming back. We're coming back. I'm going to be defending the title. We're having matches. This, it's all falling back in place. This hiatus. He's got a, He's already got one huge title match lined up. Thunder Rosa does, too. And, uh, and then now, like, an actual regular show that uh, Marquez – guaranteed us he'd be on the very first one so um it's it's cool yeah and i mean you know obviously it's a great place to start uh the show tonight talking about that it's the biggest news in our world for sure um you know there's a couple of of thoughts that i have coming out of yesterday um and you know these aren't meant to be negative or, or anything like that these are just thoughts that I've had that we can discuss. The first one, and I mentioned this to you earlier, Gary, for all the buzz around the Pritchard Aldis stuff, for all the buzz around the NWA hiatus, are they done? All the chitter chatter. I did not hear a lot yesterday from a lot of the quote unquote news outlets uh, that cover professional wrestling. And, and they mainly cover the, the the mainstream stuff. I get that. But, you know, they were quick to go on their podcast and say that the NWA was done. Um, but none of them seem to be acknowledging, oh, they're not done. Um, so that was my first observation. Well, let, let's tackle this as people, yeah. as, 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 uh, as uh, what's the word I'm looking for? As uh, outside of this as we can, uh, I just lost my, I keep losing the words when I'm on this show. Uh, but the, you know, just as unbiased as we can approach this, like we've had our, we've had our moment of excitement. We were all there. You guys in the chat, you were there. Uh, we, we saw the news. We were excited. The NWA's back, but now we've had a day to process. It's 24 hours. We're back again. And uh, we've had a chance to think about the details of this situation. We've had a chance to ask ourselves the questions that a lot of us probably had the same questions. Uh, the first one for me would be the same one that I saw James Lawrence jump right into here. The first question he asked is right in the chat is, has anyone heard or seen anything on the price of the weekly pay-per-views? Now, a lot of people yesterday were of the mindset, like, just oh, just wait, like, this is good news. They're back, yada, yada, yada. But this is a legitimate question. This is going to be, I, I, I dealt with a dude today on Twitter that was just like, F it, doesn't matter how much it is. I'm not going to be able to afford to pay anything weekly. I'm just going to have to give up on the NWA. There's a certain level of negativity where at a certain point I'm like, yeah, hey, man, there's other wrestling you can watch. You don't have to watch this. Like, it's it's fine. Like, if, if you can't, you can't. Power hopefully will be back sooner than later. But till then, you know, maybe the same for you. But anyway. Uh, pricing is going to be an issue. So I, I will say this ties into what you were just talking about, Will. Um, I listened to Wrestling Observer Live, or I know it's Wrestling Observer Radio that has Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. 
they had an episode that dropped late last night, and I listened to it this morning, and they brought up, Brian Alvarez brought up the whole thing that was announced by David Marquez. And uh, he, he kind of read through the press release, and he and Dave um, discussed a little. Uh, Brian was uh, a little more harsh about it. Brian was very much a, like, we've seen this before. This is, this has happened. This is TNA. This is, uh, 2007. Like we, somebody already tried this. It didn't work. Good luck. You know, you know, wish you the best, but what there's, there's too much out there right now. Why is somebody going to do this? Like who cares? And you know, like I hope, you know, I wish it wasn't the case, but here we are. And Meltzer was a little more loose about it. He had like a, okay, well, now is a different time than it was in 2007. Uh, back then it was just pay-per-view and not as many people had access. Now it's like fight TV. You don't know the price levels. You don't know what's being offered yet. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of different variables that exist now that did not exist back then. So it's possible this can work. Uh, his, his, his thought, he said he had no insider knowledge on it. Um, I mean, he said he had talked with people, but he had no insider knowledge on the pricing. He said that he was guessing five to 10 bucks or something like that, uh, for a show. And, uh, that would, that would be what it was, which he thought sounded reasonable. Um, if it stayed within that range. Um, and he, he was just saying that that amount, um, yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry, Jake Cow's mentioning in the chat it was 2002. I was thinking of that in my head, and then it felt wrong, so I gave it 2007. But uh, you're right, it was 2002, and that's what he was talking about. He was like, I mean, his his point essentially was like at that point, everything about it was way more crude than it is right now, uh, as far as the internet, even like the scale and the span it reached, and all of that stuff. Uh, the access people had, all of those things were different in 2002 than they are right now in 2020, that it's possible. It's possible this could work, and he wished everyone the best of luck. He, he believed that like five to ten bucks would probably work, and you'd probably get plenty of people that'd be willing to do it. His thing was uh, the same as uh, Brian's, though, that assuming people want more or assuming people want that they just have a good enough show that people want to watch this kind of wrestling because there is an abundance of wrestling product right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I think like when you mentioned those prices, you know, we're talking weekly, right? $5 a week is $20 a month, um, which is a little higher than most streaming services, um, higher than the network WWE network. Um, 10 bucks a week would be 40 bucks a month. The reality is when you're going to charge that, and especially if it's not going to be a subscription, it's not going to be monthly, it's going to be weekly. You do have to bring a standard of show, right? Um, it, you know, it, it can't just be, and, and I don't think it will be because I think Marquez is, is a smart enough, um, guy and i think that uh the nwa and billy corgan are smart enough and, and if they're going to go into something like this it's going to be quality 
the so there's two challenges here. So the, that's the first one is that every week it's going to be pay-per-view quality and it's going to justify, oh gosh, I got to spend $10 again next week, right? Um, the, <clears throat> the other challenge in that is going to be how are they going to do that caliber of show on a weekly basis after not doing anything for months, right? Yeah. So that's going to be the interesting thing. And my hope would be that the draw is going to be what, what Marquez was talking about on, on our show last night is that he's going to open it up to, to everyone, not just the NWA. Right now they're partnered with the NWA, but we'll have the NWA on there. We'll have UWN, um, but opening it up to MLW, anyone, you know, and I'm hoping that there can be enough of a diversity of talent that it doesn't feel repetitive. And I think that's what Marquez wants to execute. And so that's what I'm hoping happens. And if that happens and every week there's going to be different people and different, it's not going to be the same matches every week. Right. Um, and you brought up the point last night, you know, people were saying, well, I'm not going to pay for anything when there's wrestling on for free. Well, that's fine, but you can turn on the, the wrestling that's on for free right now. And you're going to see the same people every week, just mixing and matching and, and storylines that don't make a whole lot of sense and stuff like that. Of course, I'm mainly talking about WWE. Sure. Um, but my hope is that there would be enough diversity in the talent that I would want. Oh, next week. Oh, Brian Pillman Jr. is going to be on there next week. I got to get next week. Oh, Nick Aldis is in a championship the week after that. I got to get that one. Right. So that there's like a draw every week. And it's not the, the free TV model of let's recycle some storylines. Let's keep some things going. And stuff like that. So those are those, those are the, the two big challenges. They're actually just one challenge. It's just putting on consistently good shows that make you say, "I got to buy it again next week." You know? Yeah, and and that's a totally totally valid valid argument because I mean, I guarantee you that the first one is going to be banging. Like, oh, yeah. you know, they're going to come out the gate swinging. Like, it's going to be. I, I I just guarantee you, there's surprises, there's excitement, all of that stuff. But you're right. This is a weekly show, just like any other, uh, not just like any other, but you know, they've got to do the same thing that like raw and AEW and everybody else has to do. They got to put out a weekly product and get you to, to, to buy in literally to buy into what they're doing. Um, there's never been any doubt. I think with the NWA, that part of it's going to be this expectation of like, uh, some of it is going to rely on the fact that you're wanting to support something you believe in a product that you believe in there. There is a little of that in there. Um, it's the reason that the Cardi land Patreon has gone on this whole time. You know, it's just like, people just want to support. Uh, I, I remember having Legata on the show back when he was on here and uh, talking about the same thing that just like, they were surprised at the people that just, you know that that wanted to to buy into the NWA wanted wanted to promote it. You know they they put out for instance like season one of Power just went back on sale. Uh, like they just got new. Uh, we just got an email about that. Like they've got new DVDs in. Those DVDs sold out. The season one of Power that you can watch on YouTube right now if you want to go watch it. But the season one DVD sold out because yeah. like people just wanted to go ahead and invest. They wanted to have the physical copies they wanted to support the brand that they loved 
So it's essentially the same thing again. They're asking you to do that. Now, I I, I have some expectation that probably some some Patreon stuff's got to play into this. They did they did say that they're going to be shooting extra stuff with uh, the NWA uh, stuff, not necessarily for power um, that you're going to get as as a Cardiland Patreon subscriber. Uh, Nick Aldis, when he was on the show last night, mentioned his show that he had been talking about. So I expect to see some of that start playing out, but. You're right, man. I mean, the, the, the biggest the biggest thing, the biggest curiosity for everybody right now, understandably so, and sorry if you're tuning in hoping that we have the answers we don't, uh, is, is going to be what's the price? Like, how much does it cost? That's, that's, yeah. that's a logical next question. And it's going to be like, is it worth it to keep you interested considering there is 40 hours a week of wrestling? already in existence and are, are and are they all going to be the same like you know maybe it's five bucks a week normally but then one show a month it's 10 bucks a week because there's like a, a a world title match and, and it's like you know, three three or four title matches or something on the card you know um I, you know we don't know until we get there and um i mean R, i see rj in the chat asking about how big the roster and stuff will be um yeah, I think it is a wait and see thing because I think just judging from our conversation with with David Marquez last night, this is wide open. You know, he's he's welcoming to anyone. I mean, even if Vince McMahon somehow decided, oh, I'm going to let some of my people go do that, like Marquez is like, come on, you know. And um, so I, I think that's kind of TBD. And that's what I'm talking about with like. You know, that to me is what's going to create the most interest and the most differentiation between them and what's currently on, Um, because you don't have that anywhere else. You've got a straight up roster or you have it a little bit with AEW. They're bringing in for the open challenges, some outside people. So that's cool. So it's kind of similar to that. But this is just a wide open thing. And so we know the NWA is involved, but it's opened up to whoever. And so there may be a lot of indie guys that that haven't worked in a while. And there may be a lot of uh, promotions that are willing, like the NWA, to, to let their their roster you know, go appear on other things. And we might see them pop up from time to time. So the interesting part is going to be how that booking goes, what it looks like from week to week. And as I said before, what is the thing that's going to hook you and make you say, I got to buy next week? Because not to sound like a downer, but inevitably there's got to be like a dud somewhere in there, right? It's going to leave you like, and it's going to be different for everybody. Maybe there's a show that Gary, you pop for, but I'm like, that, that didn't really connect with me. And I'm sitting here saying, well, you know, what's the card next week? Do I want to buy, you know? And so I think that's going to be the challenge is keeping that consistent audience. And I don't know. Um, I know I had to step out a little bit when you guys were talking to Marquez, but I, I don't know the expectation or what, what their goals are, what they need to hit to like be profitable and have it something that, that keeps going. I know he mentioned signing for, for 52 weeks and they want to do it, you know, for 52 weeks. And, but there's probably certain benchmarks they got to hit to make that profitable and to be able to like financially do that. I don't know what those, those benchmarks are obviously, but it, it'll just be interesting to see how it comes together, what those individual cards look like, you know, and stuff like that. What's going to, keep people come back because because you're right first episode it's going to be everyone's bought in you know because we want to see it and i'm sure they're going to come out guns blazing and uh we're going to see nick aldis and we're going to see all the champions from from the various promotions that are involved and all that kind of stuff but then you know 
after that is going to be kind of the telltale sign of, of what it's going to look like long-term. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, just throw into the chat here with the, the folks in here, uh, you know, wrestling with the MMA uh, is saying here, if they put a price point of $5 a week, I can justify that to the wife. If it's above that, I'll have a hard time uh, doing that moving within the next six months or so. So, I mean, obviously price is going to be an issue with people. I, I saw people saying like $1 was too much, you know? So uh, wrestling with the MMA, you're one of the supporters. It's like, uh, he's saying that's not going to stop me from supporting the NWA until I'm able to put money in as well. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously we know there, there are fans like that out there. Uh, James H. Jackson Jr. Uh, is in the chat saying that PW Insider had something in their elite section. He's saying that said 12 to $15 per pay-per-view and mm. fight will have monthly subscriptions as well. Um, I do know that fight does currently offer a monthly subscription thing. So I was curious about that and I was going to um, bring that up. I know they have a monthly thing. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll try to pull it up here as we're talking. I feel like I'm going to be honest with you. This is just me talking here, but Anything above twelve feels a little a little steep for a weekly thing uh, to me, honestly. But I mean, I know you got people to pay and that sort of thing. But but if you're not putting on pay per view level shows each week, it depends on. I guess it depends on what you're trying to do. Uh, because I mean, it's tough. It's tough because. You know, I, I see the question here, would people buy predominantly the NWA ones, et cetera? Like, I, I think they're mixing up rosters here and they're yeah. bringing people in. They're going to try to bit, get, they're going to try to pull big talent. I'm sure of it. They're going to try to surprise you with the people that show up. So that's going to cost money. And so you're, you're supporting this brand doing what you love. And, uh, and I see uh, Brian Rosas in the chat. Uh, Brian Cervantes saying one dollar is too much. People need to get paid for their work. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 right. Like one dollar, eh, that's ridiculous. So that that is somebody I was talking to today. That's just uh, that's ridiculous. But just saying, like, there's people that are going to complain no matter what you do. And then there's I don't know. I I hate sitting here telling you that I think 12 to 15 is steep. I want are people to get paid too? It's just like, what's going to, what's going to bring the most money? Are you going to have, you know, when, when you could get the WWE network right now for 10 bucks a month or honor club for 10 bucks a month or, you know, whatever with like a back catalog of stuff, um, you know, 10 bucks a month seems to be the like standard right, right now. Well, and there's two different ways from a business standpoint to look at it. It's like, okay, if you price it at $14 a month, you know, and, and you get a weekly buy of 10,000 people, you know, versus if you price it at $3.99 a week, I don't know if I said a month before, but I meant per week, you price it at $3.99, $4.99 per week, and you get 100,000, you know, like, because it's more affordable. I mean, it's not like they're filling up an arena and there's a cap, right? Like, th there's no sellout everyone in America could get this, you know what I mean? And, or wherever fight TV is available or wherever it's going to be. But uh, so, I mean, you have to look at it from that standpoint too, of like, if you make the pricing a little more reasonable, you're probably going to get a higher volume. And, 
you know, if you're looking at the bottom line of making money, that's got to be something to consider as well. And so that's going to be telling, I think, uh, you know, based on what they're going to estimate their viewership to be on a weekly basis, who are willing to pay. I don't know what kind of resources they're using to, to do that research or to come up with those, um, you know, proposed figures or anything like that, but it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know how close we're going to get to September 15th before they announce and before they start selling, you know, possibly that initial uh, week one pay-per-view start putting that on sale. So um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, I, I am seeing the same thing. James H. Jackson Jr. Is uh, throwing in here. I bought PW insider right now. Uh, this was from here's, here's the part I have a hard time with is, is crazy. Is like, um, this article was posted yesterday at, uh, nine, seven Oh six PM at that exact time. Dave Marquez was, I mean, like Nick Aldis and Dave Marquez were on here with us. And we, you know, I don't think I don't think it's a bad thing to say. We talked to Dave a little bit after the show, and we never got any hint of pricing. So it would be kind of interesting to know where PW Insider is getting this information for sure. Not to discredit them, I don't know, but um, it just says. Uh, According to this, the pay-per-view series is slated to air Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, debuting on September 15th. We are told the expected weekly price for the pay-per-view will be around $13 to $15 per week. We are told Fight TV will offer a monthly subscription that covers all of the live events and VOD replays. Uh, uh, it, it just talks about, basically, it goes on to talk about how it was the... Uh, uh, the first attempt at a weekly pay-per-view series since the early days of impact uh, with nine 99 pay-per-views. Uh, it says the primary booking team for the endeavor will be NWA champion, Nick Aldis, David Marquez and Aaron Stevens. It will effectively bring back fresh NWA content after the promotion pause production on NWA power. Uh, obviously NWA president, Billy Corgan will have a say in the NWA centric content and matches uh, one would think NWA championship matches will be a major part of the presentation for the pay-per-view series. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. They're, they're adding some stuff that, that we didn't get out of these guys when they were on the show. Uh, but yeah, I wonder where it's coming from. I don't know. I mean, that could be accurate for could all we coming, know. I mean, it sounds like it might be coming from fight TV. Um, you know, because they're mentioning the the Fight TV offering the monthly subscription, um, but yeah, I mean, just based on our conversation, um, you know, I feel like you know Nick and Dave would have told us, oh, you know, well, we can't tell you because we asked, you know, any idea about pricing, and I I, don't, I know Nick was like, I haven't been told anything yet, so um, I feel like if if they knew but they weren't going to tell us, they probably would have just said just wait and see. Um, so, I, I mean, I would imagine they're still tossing around a number. And I feel still- like they are. Now, Now, if the deal is that they feel like part of the process is they could drive people to Fight Plus, which is their annual or their, their subscription fee, um, I've got that pulled up here. 
Uh, Fight Plus comes with unlimited on-demand access to pay-per-views by 25-plus organizations. It says 30 days after the live airing. So that's the that's the weird part. It's an ad-free experience. Uh, includes $2 credits each month to watch live pay-per-views in the Fight app. Um, and it says all you can watch at the annual price of a single pay-per-view. So it seems like it's delayed stuff for the on-demand. So maybe something like that is coming back around. But for what that's worth, right now the Fight Plus subscription fee is $5 a month or you pay annually uh, $50 a year. Yeah. So, um, like, I mean, if if you could do that and get this show, that feels like a no-brainer. Like, that seems easy enough. Yeah. Um, but if you're getting it 30 days after the fact, I don't know. Right. That's that's, that's going to be the deal breaker, I, I think, for a lot of people. So that, there's a lot to, to discuss. I mean, I mean, that's the thing, though. You, you have to think that these guys aren't oblivious to this exact discussion. Yeah. They, they have to be talking about this exact same thing. What are people going to be willing to pay uh, per and, week? And you got, yeah, you got to look at, you know, read the room a little bit. I mean, we are in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, there are a lot of people that are not getting raises this year or they're not um, working at all right now still. Um, there's a lot of things going on. I don't think you can expect the same level of literal buy-in from everyone that you could have before this pandemic. But, you know, it, it just... You know, I, I see both sides of it. But my question is, and this this isn't, you know, not for us to sit here and talk about our personal finances, but what would be, if we were talking about a monthly cost for you, Gary, what would be comfortable to pay for four weeks of, of this programming? Uh, so here's the deal. If it was me right now and I, um, I'm not... <sighs> I don't know how to throw this out there. I'm sure there's people that make more than me out there right now. There's people that make less than me. Um, I'm in a lucky position that my job has not been affected so much by this whole thing. I've actually gotten busier because of this whole thing. Um, so I can't complain. I'm, I'm doing better than I deserve. All of that aside, right now I am in the top tier of Patreon for NWA. So that's already been enough to explain to the wife, you know, yeah. who loves the NWA too, loves everybody involved, but it's like for a little while there, it was touch and go. Like, what are you even getting out of this? <laughs> you know, like, what are you doing? And uh, when I even told her about somebody getting kind of salty in the chat with like William Patrick Corgan and Nick Aldis the other day, she's like, well, come on. I mean, like what, what's happening? It's, it's uh, well, just to be frank, it's 50 bucks a month. Like you're spending there. She's yeah. like, what, what the hell are you getting? for it that they can't like you gotta i mean it's cool you got to talk to billy corgan but how many times you know like you know like when's, when's that worth it and uh and i get carried away so i get caught up in something i love and i'm passionate about like this so i i can't see the forest for the trees or whatever the phrase is but um anyway all that out of the way if i'm going to be doing that and now i've expected to pay additionally for the show that's that's going to be a tough one. I mean, I would think I, I'm just going to be blunt. I don't think I, when you get over 10 bucks uh, a week, like I think you're pushing 
you're really pushing it. Like it's, it's, I don't know, man. It, it's just, it's tough. Like if you're, if you're talking 10 bucks a month, gets you the WWE network and, and, and you heard me, I get it. I know this ain't WWE. Billy Corgan's not a billionaire. He's not AEW. We get all of that stuff, but it's like, that's 120 a year right there. Uh, but you get access to so much stuff. Like, so even if you don't, if you think the current product is just complete garbage, you can still go back and watch whatever wrestling you liked pretty much with that thing. And uh, so you're asking people to turn that away or in addition to that, pay for your product. I mean, a weekly pay-per-view, man, I don't know. I, I, honest to God, I feel like five to seven bucks. That's, that's, that's what I feel like is reasonable to ask, or you do this fight subscription and maybe an annual price of like 50 to 60, something like that gets you the show every week, yeah. you know, some, something like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm kind of right in line with you and I, I know I'm kind of putting this on the spot, asking us this question, but it's just a real conversation that I bet a lot of people are tossing around. Their hey dude, I'm trying to be as honest as I can with it. Where's yeah. that line? I mean, honestly for me and um, you know, I, I'm fortunate like you are that my job didn't take any kind of downturn. Um, you know, with, with a family of four, uh, you gotta be smart and you gotta be, um, responsible with every dollar. Right. And, um, I, this is something that I love. This is something that I'm willing to invest in. Um, especially cause we have a show about it. Right. It provides content. Um, it's it's a it's a hobby and a, and a passion of mine as well. Um, but all that considered, I mean, for me, like twenty five to thirty dollars a month is going to be that that cap, really. Um, anything over that, it's probably going to be a conversation of which two do I want to buy that month? <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's no, just I- the reality. That's just the reality because it's just not a we're talking about 52 weeks of this. Um, that's when you got to be strategic. And I'm like, well, if, if there's a, a NWA title match, I can pay for that, you know? Um, and if there is one and I don't think it's gonna be a, a competitive match or something like that, then I, I might have to pass on it. And that sucks to say, right? Like I, I want to, you know, and you're watching, this is the NWA podcast and, and you guys are hashtag NWA fam. So <laughs> ideally you want everybody to say, oh, I'll pay a million dollars. I don't care. But the reality of it is what we're talking about of like, you know, where's, where's that sweet spot where it's going to feel, and everybody's is different. You know, there's people in the chat weighing in on it and, um, you know, bringing up the fact that, you know, all these other networks, New Japan, WWE, Honor Club, all that stuff. It's like 10 bucks a month. Right. And that's for, as you're saying, like archives and libraries of content. And so talking about, you know, paying that and more for, you know, 90 minutes a week. I'm so bad at math. Um, What's that? Six hours a month. Right. Uh... (laughs) If if there's four weeks, it's six hours a month. Right. So you're paying more than that for six hours a month. And, you know, I'm sure it's going to be quality and I'm excited about it. And, 
not at all meaning for this conversation to sound like a downer. It's just, you know, this is what, this is what's going through everyone's head right now. So we're here to talk about it, but yeah. And then these people are here because we're being honest. They're being honest in the chat right now. I mean, I'm, I'm throwing it out to the folks in the chat. We want to know what you do. Um, you know, Dave Scooby talking about fight TV um, has that $50 uh, a year subscription. Yeah. Um, James Lawrence says totally worth it. Uh, Ryan Romano, $50 a year sounds reasonable. Um, let's see. Um, cause yeah, the, you know, Dr. Red Tyler's mentioning WWE's 120 a year. Um, James H. Jackson Jr. says I'll do 40 AKA $10 a week. Um, Thunder Rosa's husband, who's, who's aptly named Thunder's husband says I can afford 7,000 a month, not a penny more. Um, <laughs> Not everybody's making that women's championship mo- uh, money. We don't have that Burt money. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Dr. Red said to be competitive, NWA pay-per-view would have to be 250 per week. Uh, I don't think they're charging that low, by the way. But, uh, but yeah, um, Jay Callen and Brian uh, in the chat are talking about maybe you don't order every single episode. Uh, you pick and choose. Just a la carte so yeah. maybe maybe that's the case. Like and you mentioned that, Will. Like maybe you don't get everyone. You pick the ones you want. Um, and uh, but Brian Cervante says WWE would have to pay me nine ninety nine a month to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, listen, I I I have. Uh, well, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't pay for the WWE network, but I have access to it. And uh, I can't tell you the last time I watched WWE programming on there. I only watch WCW and uh, stuff like that. So if it was only WWE content, yeah, you'd have to pay me nine ninety nine a month too. Yeah, dude, I would. I would totally not. I would not even play with the WWE network if it was just even if it was the live versions of their current shows. Like I do not care. Like that's the hard part right now. Uh, I, I. I I have the WWE network off and on. And it's just because we're doing like, Hey, we got to talk about the great American bash 90. You know? So it's like, all right, well I'll get the WWE network and I'm paying 10 bucks for that show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. It's like, and, uh, so oh, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough, man. This is the, this is the kind of discussion we, we have to have. I mean, this is the stuff they've got to be thinking about. So, I mean, you know, why, why avoid it? I mean, and, and we're trying to do this as unbiased as possible, like have the actual conversation. Like, what are you willing to pay? Um, it's tough. And a weekly amount is asking a lot from the working man. Uh, so what what can you do? Uh, Lyatt's blog saying 10 bucks a week will work for me, but I doubt I'd order every week. Uh, he's also saying you're bumming about, Will. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for being honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, no, I mean, everybody, a lot of people are uh, throwing in there, uh, you know, wrestling with the MMA. I could convince the wife to let me spend 20, but anything higher, and I'll have to wait until after the move. Like, so he's got stuff going on in his life he's got to worry about. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, like that. These are these are everybody's got stuff going on. We're in the middle of a pandemic still. Everybody's jobs are in flux. It's uh, it's a weird time to bring this out. We're all excited that the opportunity is there. Uh, we are 
we're excited to see all of these stars get a chance to shine to get back into business. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's see. Thunder's husband says NWA has about five people that if they are on, I'm paying. If they spread them out, like Aldis on once a month and Thunder on once a month. Um, of course, uh, Dr. Dr. Stinson's in the chat saying he'll pay whatever, of course, because uh, <laughs> money bags over there will just. Uh, you can't hide money. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, hey, we're not talking about uh, that PhD money, bro. We're talking about working man money. <laughs> and, uh, I was going to say you, you were talking about, I was going to say earlier you were talking about, you know, NWA selling out of those power DVDs. I imagine the first time that we go to uh, up to uh, the Stinson estate, as I imagine, uh, we're going to walk in and there's just going to be stacks of power DVDs and we're going to go, oh. That's that's, <laughs> that's where that's they all who went. <laughs> Rob's got like 130 copies of season one of NWA Power. Everyone that comes over, it's like a goodie bag with like five DVDs, all <laughs> of, of Power season one. Oh, cool, thanks. Like every time you come in and out, you get another one. Oh my god, <laughs> uh, I believe that too. Um, we can move on from the chat. We can always come back to it here, but this is uh, this is this is a legit conversation. So. Uh, I love, I don't know. I might like Rob being in the chat more than I like him actually. <laughs> He's sort of funny this way. <laughs> well, just, I, I just, I can't see him like looking around and like, you know, I know he's always listening, but he's, sometimes he's just kind of like looking around and I don't think he's paying attention. At least in the chat, he's paying attention. That's true. You know, that's a, that's a good point. I don't know how many times I have to call him out about bringing up an exact topic that I literally had just talked about. Uh, By the way, happy birthday, Rob. You're yeah. my brother. You're my brother. You're my pal. I always got your back. Happy birthday. Well, even though he won't uh, say it to me, uh, thank you, everybody in the chat, uh, including you, Polka Dot Pam, and uh, Wrestling with the MMA, and uh, Turbo, and uh, sorry if I'm missing anybody. You guys have been dropping the happy birthdays in there. Thank you so much. I'm grateful to you uh, for those happy birthdays. It's very kind of you. It's 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 been a good one. It's been a pretty standard day. I was on a boat last weekend. So uh, the birthday this week just kind of started back at work. And honestly, I don't know if you guys are this way, but the older I get, the less I want to think about it. So I just kind of, I don't know. People have been arguing with me today that you're supposed to still have a day where you celebrate you and all of your achievements. This is me celebrating something that. special that 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 happens that I feel like I can honestly say humbly that I have some part in. It's this live chat right now that all of us are here hanging out, just talking wrestling. That, this deal. is the stuff I love. Here's the deal. You got to celebrate yourself every day, Gary. Every day. I feel like that's a different kind of conversation, Will. What are you? Okay. What are we talking about? Okay. <laughs> well, I just say on my birthday, my mentality is... Just give me all the wrestling swag that you bought me because that's what I know I'm getting. Whatever right. you ordered from the, the nationalwrestlingalliance.com for me, like this shirt, this is my father's day. And then just, you know, move on. Doesn't have to be like a big thing. But that's just what happens when you get older. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, um, I'm not buying you anything for your birthday. I don't think you That's bought good. me anything. I did not buy you anything for your birthday either. I was about to say. So 
So, yeah. But thank you guys again for the birthday stuff. So we're going to move on to some other wrestling uh, news, I suppose. So we don't just hang around and depress each other about how much money we're going to have to spend for things. Uh, we want to keep this thing uh, to quote Ryan in the chat. We want to keep it gravy cake 24 seven. So uh, that's what we're trying to do here. Well, uh, you, you gave us some good news items as always. Uh, let's, let's start with, uh, let's just start from the top. Uh, we got a former WWE star discusses a big issue with raw underground. I love this article and you're going to know why, but last week on raw Shane, this is, I'm sorry, this is courtesy of wrestletalk.com. We want to give shout out where we can, um, it says, last week on Raw, Shane McMahon returned to WWE TV for the first time this year, introduced Raw Underground, which is basically WWE's version of Fight Club. If you tuned into Raw or read the results of Raw this week, it continued on. Same deal. Um, and uh, there's no denying that Raw Underground made guys like Baba Tunde, Eric, Dolph Ziggler, and the Hurt Business look rather impressive. In spite of this, and with a particular focus on Ziggler, former WWE star Lance Storm has spoken about one of the potential issues WWE could face with Raw Underground. While speaking with the Wrestling Observer Q&A, the former Intercontinental Champion spoke about an issue WWE could face with blending Raw Underground and more Raw matches. So this is what Lance Storm said. Nobody has brought up the point that I think is the issue. They created a really cool look by having these, let's say, way more violent, way more quick, sudden, big throws, takedown, ground and pound, and KOing guys, it looked exciting. To me, the issue is you debuted it with what I would consider a UFC knockout highlight reel where there were four matches in under two minutes. That's less than 30 seconds of a fight. If this gets over, they are in real trouble because the suddenness and the violence of a 30-second first-round KO is great, but you have a three-hour show to fill. If Dolph Ziggler does a great amateur takedown and go behind, chokes this guy out, you say, Ziggler looked awesome. Yeah, he did, but if he has to do a pro wrestling match on Raw next week and he goes 12 minutes, I think there's a real fear of, well, what happened to badass Dolph that could beat a guy in 30 seconds? Uh, so, Will, we... First of all, first yeah. of all uh, where the, the one wrong thing that he said was the first sentence, nobody has brought up the point that I think is the issue because we literally had that same conversation a week ago today of the disconnect between... <laughs> what's happening on this show and what you're seeing on raw and SmackDown, that being the whole issue. And so first of all, but then everything else he said, I totally agree with, because it's totally on par with what you were saying last week. And well, no, that's it. We love you, Lance, but don't say nobody talked about that because that was exactly the issue we had with it on this show. This very show was exactly the issue. It's like talking about like, oh, hey, Dolph Ziggler's a badass. Like he is out wrestling these people. We get it. Dolph Ziggler's a shooter. Dolph Ziggler is a legit collegiate superstar. Like he can wrestle. We know that. And you're showing him doing it. So why can't Dolph Ziggler win any matches on Monday Night Raw? Like why is Dolph Ziggler yeah. struggling? Because yeah. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler should be killing guys, right? Exactly. And this goes back again to the conversation we had Sunday about this instant gratification. When WWE talks about instant gratification, what they're actually talking about is lack of short-term memory. And that's not what instant gratification is, but that's how they treat us. They say, oh, you don't remember that last week Dolph went 12 minutes with a mid-carter and barely squeaked by. You'll just watch this and you'll be fine with him like 
knocking a dude out and taking him down in 30 seconds. Like, but we're not because we're not idiots, you know, and that's yeah. that is the problem. And I mean, we could we could draw it right back into uh, some some NWA talk. I mean, we're talking about Thunder Rosa. Mel Cervantes is in there with other women. Every time she steps in the ring, she's taking on somebody. What we do know for a fact, we don't know about the opponent necessarily. It depends on who she's facing. What we certainly know about Mel, a.k.a. Thunder Rosa, is that she has a legit MMA background. Miss Cervantes is a BJJ fighter. Like, she knows her stuff. She knows what she's doing. Brian, I'm sure, can attest to that. Uh, if you are another woman or you're her husband, you, you, you're probably going to get your tail beat. And uh, so when Thunder Rosa walks into a match, there's there's Thunder Rosa and there's Mel Cervantes. Like, it's like, it. now they can cross over and it's great. You know, you want that, like, cohesiveness to it, but... Like we're not talking like if if she wants to take somebody down and ground and pound and make them submit, like throwing an arm bar and that's the end of the match and she could do it in 30 seconds. Well, who the hell wouldn't do that? Like, that's what you would do. That's how it works. You want to beat some. It does not. You're not paid by the hour as uh, like Gorilla Monsoon and folks would say, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it's, uh, you're going in there to win a match. And uh, so it's just it. Where's that line? Where's the line where Eric from the Viking Raiders is in there and he just like hip tosses somebody and beats their face in. And then that's the end of the match. It's like, well, why wouldn't he just be doing that all yeah. the time? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's no, no continuity, no consistency. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's what we've come to expect from this company. Um and it's a shame because again, like Lance Storm said, I, I agree. It looks cool. Um, it's interesting to see WWE doing something outside the box of, of what they normally do. Um, but it's creating more problems than it is creating buzz and, and anything positive for, uh, anyone who watches WWE. It's just creating more questions, more confusion and, um, more of, of what, what pushed me out the door, you know, a year or two ago, which was just insulting my intelligence as a wrestling fan. Uh, using that exact same example of so now I'm going to watch Dolph Ziggler at, at on Monday Night Raw and I'm going to watch him struggle against somebody and be like wait a second I just saw him last week you know be a badass so it just it, it, it's a cool concept it does look cool but it's just it, it's not it's not being executed in a way that enhances the brand or the product um, it's actually devaluing it, in my opinion. So one thing I will say, the attempt uh, of, of, of objectivity here uh, is that uh, I follow uh, PW Torch, The Observer, those folks, they had analyzed the ratings and, uh, and they similarly have an opinion like ours. Uh, but they did note that on last week's Raw, the underground segment did have a little bit of a boost. Like, I mean, overall for the show. Yeah. Now that could be just because people are like, what is this? You know, they just want to check it out. That's what's going to remain to be seen like this week. You know, like, let's see, does that hang on? Or were people just like, eh, this is not anything special uh, or anything better than what I expected. Um, 
because I, I still, I mean, because I mean, they're, they're, they're trying the experiment now, I guess, to see like what we talked about last week, Will, is like Rollins pointing out that he thought audiences had the shorter attention span. I see people in the chat already getting rowdy about that. They don't agree with that. And I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't think that that's true. I think that part of the beautiful thing about wrestling has and always will be that it never ends. It's an ongoing story. And to pretend like you can't recognize the past while you're moving into the future is insulting to our intelligence as the audience. It's like saying, um, you know, like I, I look at a show like Game of Thrones, for instance, like you watch that show and there's like all these seasons and it matters each thing that happens. And it's like, man, if if wrestling could give this kind of attention to detail, to like each of their characters, like everybody involved, like to get like each person has their own life, their own storyline going into things. That's so much better. But it's like they they get to a certain point and they're like, oh, well, what's Randy Orton doing this week? Uh, well, let's have him let's have him be in the ring with this guy. Let's see what happens. Like, well, he was in the ring with that guy like three years ago. Nobody remembers that. Nobody cares. Yeah. You know. Like that sort of stuff. Um, that's that's disappointing because yeah. it could be so much more than that. Well, and here's what they're doing too. They are they're 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 trying to have their cake and eat it too, not gravy cake, but regular cake. And obviously and they're, gravy cake. And they're and they're seeing, oh, there's a, a portion of our fans that want like more more authenticity, right? Talking about us because we talk about that all the time and that's why we're NWA fans because we care about authenticity. We care about realism. We, we, we care about believability instead of taking that and incorporating it into the eight hours of programming they already do every week. They're just going to make something. And I guess technically they're incorporating it into raw, but they're going to do something separate, you know, and it's branded totally different and it looks different and feels different why not just incorporate that into the shows you're already running? Why not just read the room and say, okay, people want more authenticity. They want more real fight feel. Let's just add more of that into Monday night raw. We don't have to go underground and kill the lights and take all the ropes down. Like just, just evolve the show with what people want. You don't have to create your own competition because now it's like you're saying, yeah, of course it doesn't. It doesn't shock me that the ratings during those segments were up. And it's not going to shock me if over time, a portion of the audience completely turns off regular raw and only tunes into underground raw. Like it's a different show. I mean, they're, they're at war with themselves here. You know, I, I think that there's a, there's an argument to be made that people do want the authenticity and they want like a real fight feel. But I think that WWE is completely missing the point here. It wasn't brawl for all that they wanted. It wasn't WWE underground that they wanted. They wanted the real fight feel in the fact that they cared about two people stepping in the ring together. People are willing to suspend their disbelief that come on. I mean, you know, we could argue all day about what's too far in the wrestling business. Is it like so much flippy stuff? Or is it the fact that the Irish whip is essentially a really dumb move if you think about it? Let's be <laughs> honest. Nobody freaking Irish whips anybody ever in real life fighting. It just, that's not a thing you do. And uh, we accept it. We accept that as uh, logically it's consistent in this universe this is a part of it what we're caring about is the two people coming into the ring and their backstory why they're fighting they have 
and issue that they have to settle inside the squared circle. They have to do this. And they're also in a business where their job is to win fights. And so not only there's, there's, there's either a personal issue or it's just because they're trying to win the championship. It's like, that's, that's the goal. You know, that's the same with any other sport in the entire world. That's exactly the things you care about. It's the reason why you care when the Patriots play the Dolphins or whatever. It's like you just care because they have a rivalry. They're both in the same division. That's all you need. It's like simple stuff like that. You just need that logical consistency to keep people's interest. That's all people want out of wrestling. They want people to just be, you're doing a simulated combat sport right now. And it's to be like these guys want Nick Aldis's World Heavyweight Championship. They have to prove that they're worthy of that. Well, and this is this is again, and I think I might have misspoke earlier now that I think about it and saying that they're looking at people like us who want authentic wrestling. I think they're looking at MMA fans. I think they're more concerned about UFC. But here's the deal. Fans of MMA, they have MMA. They're not trying to become wrestling fans. So they're going after an audience that ultimately they're not really going to capture because UFC exists, Bellator exists, all these MMA uh, organizations. And, and they're, I mean, it's huge. And, and there's tons of access to it on cable television. So, I mean, if they're trying to capture that audience, that's going to be a losing effort. And I mean, yes, there's some crossover. Yeah. There's some wrestling fans who also like MMA and, and, and vice versa, but it seems to me like that's they're trying to capture that authentic fight feel versus what the NWA does, as we talk about all the time with the prize fight and what you were just mentioning with just make me believe that this fight matters and that these guys actually don't like each other and that there's something at stake, even if it's not a title, even if it's just a grudge match. And I'm bought in and I'll watch it. And as a wrestling fan, I'll enjoy it. I personally am not a fan of MMA. So that doesn't really scratch the same itch for me. Um, so I don't know. It's, it feels like they're going after the wrong audience and that may be by design and that may be something they want to do. But I think ultimately what it does is it insults pro wrestling fans. And yeah, says, because I mean, the thing is, is that like when you introduce this new style of fighting into the wrestling world, now you're not only saying like what they've been doing already is not real fighting or something i don't know i don't know what what are you trying to prove there like you said i mean if you wanted mma you'd be watching mma so now you're doing fake mma yeah uh to say that like oh now we're in the underground this is where the real people come to square up and it's like so what what the hell are they doing every monday and friday like what what, like what's happening there like what is that thing and that's why I say they're creating competition for themselves because now they're making, if you love raw underground, you've got to think regular raw is like baby stuff. You know, like if that's your cup of tea, you're going to watch regular raw and you're going to watch SmackDown and you're going to be like, wusses, you know, I'm not interested in this. And you're going to tune out. And, and whereas if they had just incorporated more of that into the shows that already existed, maybe you be- become bought in even more. Maybe some people come back to WWE. Oh, dude, how badass would it be if there's like legitimately moments where you could you could toy with with some of these concepts? Like Dolph Ziggler jumps in a match with uh, 
God, I don't know, whoever, you know, like Ray Mysterio, and he locks in a arm bar at some point, and Ray has to tap, you know, and it's 40 seconds into the match. That'd be messed up, dude. But that, I mean, I'd, I'd buy that a little bit more, than, yeah. you know, like just to at least give that possibility. That's why probably you even throw in like a quick roll up every once in a while. It happens, dude. Like somebody just gets you. Yep. <laughs> it's just, that's okay. Like you can play with that, play, play within the, the world you've created. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's the only thing. Just, uh, I, I don't know what the hell's going on. But Lance Storm, we talked about this. Yeah. He, he uh, needs to start watching our show. Sounds yeah. like he would, it sounds like he would agree with us. Somebody uh, shoot this over to Lance. Uh, the uh, all right. The next piece of news we got on there is uh, NWA and UWN. Uh, I see you guys asking about it in the chat. If you're just joining us, we can go back to this. We we did speak a lot on the NWA stuff and the UWN. Uh, we're obviously happy to talk about that all day long. Uh, but besides just them, Ring of Honor is going to start producing television yet again. Uh, they've been on hiatus since the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, but according to Fightful.com, they have announced that they'll start producing its TV show this month in Baltimore. Uh, they'll be instituting necessary testing and safety measures and follow the guidelines of the Maryland State Athletic Commission. Uh They'll be, uh, according to the press release, RH will adhere to a very stringent protocol as well as the regulations set in place. RH will be instituting the necessary testing and safety measures, yada, yada, yada. Uh, taking care of our people during this difficult time has been and still is our number one priority, says uh, Chief Operating Officer Joe Koff. That's why we spent many weeks working alongside the Athletic Commission and gearing towards our return and producing wrestling action. Um so let's see, the last thing they did, Ring of Honor's last events were canceled uh, 18th anniversary and pass for some present shows in Las Vegas on March 13th and 14th. Those got canceled and that was that was it. Uh, since then, they've opted to cease taping operations until there was a safe way to resume. Uh, the new tapings will pick up right where ROH left off with a focus on the ROH Pure Title Tournament, which had originally been scheduled for April. Uh, PW Insider is reporting that the tapings will be held on the weekend of August 22nd. Uh, I can't add to this, Will, uh, that again, uh, reporting from the uh, wrestling, uh, Pro Wrestling Observer Live, Brian Alvarez had a little bit on this this afternoon saying that he had been told, he couldn't reveal his source, but he had been told uh, that they're going to be doing something unlike you've ever seen in professional wrestling as far as their taping goes. And he said that that was a weird statement. He tried to get some clarification on it. This was coming from a person he could assure us was a person who watches a lot of pro wrestling. He tried to get, he was like, what does that mean exactly? And they said, if you were a fan, a hardcore fan of professional wrestling and how it should be presented, you're going to be very happy with this product. Uh, but again, uh, Alvarez ever the skeptic was still like, all right, but he's like, that's the last thing they told me, but I'm still thinking like, all right, we've seen cinematic. We got that. Now we got like WWE underground and we've got, uh, you know, we've got new Japan, uh, doing like pretty straightforward wrestling. It seems like, and, uh, he's like, what, what is there that they can, 
that that is unlike anything we've seen that's the confusing part yeah i, I don't know i mean my my first reaction would be studio wrestling but obviously we've seen that so that's not unlike anything we've, so I, that's what's confusing to me is if you're a fan of of old school or, or presenting wrestling the way it should be you're gonna like this but it's not anything you've ever seen before i don't know it's confusing it is confusing. And a lot of times you, you look at this stuff and like part of part of the issue, I think, that we have with companies like uh, WWE right now doing the underground and the cinematic matches like, uh, and hey, I was on board the first the, the Undertaker AJ Styles match. I was like, that was kind of cool. I could I could take one of those every once in a while. Not every single show a couple of times every once in a while. But yeah. of course, they they're WWE and they do WWE thing things but uh it's like part of the frustration is you're kind of like maybe you don't need a new cool way of doing professional wrestling maybe you just do professional wrestling can we just do what it is supposed to be well and and i'm going to say this spoken like a, a, a true blue nwa fan stop focusing on the way it's presented and just start focusing on the way that it's executed the storylines the, what happens in between the ropes, the stories that are told there, that's that's true professional wrestling. Uh, all that other stuff is just like the cherry on top. You know what I mean? But I feel like, you know, it's the same thing going back to Raw Underground. It's like, oh, let's let's we want more more realism and violence and whatever. Well, do it in the ring. You don't have to create a whole new set and make it smoky and all this stuff like do it in the ring that that's what wrestling was supposed to be. Like you don't see boxing saying, Oh, we're going to have matches in a, in a bar, you know, like we're like, it happens in the ring and, and you're bought into the two guys. And I get it. That's, that's apples to oranges because boxing is, is, you know, legit fighting, but it's, it's that same mentality, but I feel like that's the, the modern, way to go about it it's like we're going to present it differently so it's going to be bells and whistles all these distractions from what's going to go on in the ring we're not going to put any effort into what goes on in the ring we're going to keep that the same we're going to package it differently and that's just not the same thing yeah um and it actually kind of leads into a little bit of a conversation that's going on at our chat right now uh, folks if you're listening at home right now on the podcast version of this uh you miss out on being here interacting with all the folks in the chat we've got a great group of people that hang out and uh chat all across the board here with us uh, while we're talking and so we like to acknowledge those folks and uh folks if you're in the chat right now and you haven't hit subscribe please do or hit that like button that that would be a boost it takes like Point two seconds. Just hit like, hit subscribe. We'd love you forever. Um, and listen, we are nine subscribers away from 400. And that's a great that's, point. That would be a great birthday present for Gary and Rob. And that happens because you guys share it out. And it happens because um, of you guys' support. So if you can share it out, like and subscribe, tell your friends, even friends, you know, we're, we're, we're an NWA podcast, but we're sitting here talking about other other wrestling organizations so you got friends that aren't really nwa fans tell them about the podcast they'll come listen to this maybe they'll become nwa fans because they'll they'll interact with you guys in the chat and they'll hear us talk about it and uh we can win them over so spread spread the good news this is the nwa podcast thank you guys 
Yeah, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Everybody listening at home right now in the podcast portion and everybody here in the chat, uh, we appreciate you. However you can come and consume this content, we are grateful for you. But uh, to acknowledge the chat a little bit more, I did want to throw to it a little bit here. There's a lot of discussion in the chat uh, sort of related to this sort of thing with like how wrestling is presented. But um, I, I think you can connect the two because I, I see Coolman952 asking a lot, like, why do you think wrestling isn't popular this generation? Uh, some people arguing that wrestling is still popular. Um, we, we've kind of had this discussion, Will, uh, on the show before, just that I think wrestling is popular. There's, there's obviously audience to go around because there's multiple companies in existence right now. I'm sure a lot, there's a lot of overlap and that sort of thing, but yeah. But there was a time when we were in high school where it was like, you know, I, I think it was like literally last show I was talking about how I was on vacation with the family and the other family that we were on vacation with. It was very important that we got somewhere to see Hogan versus Sting yeah. uh, at Starcade. Like that had to go down. People knew who Goldberg was in your school. People who were the jocks to the nerds, to the preppies, to the geeks, like whatever. People had like the Austin 316 shirt. People had DX. They knew what a crotch chop was. There was a different time period there in our youth. What 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 is it that's keeping that from happening right now? Um, well, since since the good doctor's not here, I'm gonna echo a sentiment that he often talks about. And it's because I believe that wrestling is just like baseball and rock and roll. Cause you could say the same thing about both of those two things. Um, there was a time, um, you know, in the nineties when baseball was it, man, like baseball, everybody watched baseball, you know, it was huge. Um, we can't say that now. I mean, baseball is still popular. Um, but you know, you meet a baseball fan and they're, they're probably a hardcore baseball fan. Um, but most people in general are gonna like football better, you know, at least, at least in this part of the country where Gary, you and I are here in the Southeast. Um, so that's different everywhere else, but it's the same thing with rock and roll. You know, I mean, there was a time where rock and roll was the most popular kind of music out there and everybody listened to it. Um, now there's all types of genres of music and, uh, there's, there's still fans of rock and roll and it's still popular, but you can argue it's not as popular as it used to be. Um, I think it's the same for wrestling. And I think for me, from my standpoint, it, it comes down to competition and just evolution of culture and technology because, and I don't mean competition within wrestling, like there's more promotions. I mean, competition of, of other things like this thing. And I mean, all of the screens I have in my house. I mean, yes, wrestling is more accessible now than it was in the 90s. Because, dude, we had to, like you said, we had to rush to be home, you know, by a certain time so we could watch it live. That was it. We didn't have DVR or anything like that or on demand. Um, but it's not like that anymore. And yes, we have a lot of access to wrestling, but we also have a lot of access to like a million other things. And we do very much live in the this a la carte culture of, dude, I got unlimited stuff on Netflix to watch, right? Like there is no point in, in my day where if I want to consume some kind of entertainment and I flip through the channels and there's nothing on that I can't go find something, you know what I mean? And so we just have this like influx of, 
of media and entertainment and streaming and all this stuff. And because of that, you know, people are, are more picky and they're more choosy about what they're going to consume when it comes to entertainment. And I think that is what's caused a lot of the competition for everything I just mentioned, wrestling, baseball, rock and roll, all that kind of stuff. And, and it's good and bad. It's, it's good in the sense that like we have more society has grown and technology and all this kind of stuff, but it's bad in the sense that, you know, we, we don't, we don't unify as much as we used to around certain things. I mean, wrestling felt like such a unifier back then. You know what I mean? Like I was the same as you, like when I was in high school, like everybody watched wrestling and we would talk about it all the time. And it was just, it was cool. And I don't know that there's anything like that anymore that everybody can kind of rally around and be like, yeah, we love this. We're fans of this, you know? It feels like there were times where it still happened ever so slightly that there, there are things that have happened in the culture. Maybe it's just because I was caught up in it. I keep referencing, like, for instance, Game of Thrones. Uh, I know not everybody's seen this, and maybe most of the people in the chat right now haven't seen it, but it felt like for a while there, like, everywhere you turned, like you could find somebody that was talking about game of thrones. Like it was pretty freaking popular, you know? And it's just like, what, what does it take for wrestling to capture that zeitgeist uh, to pull it? I, mean, I see Dave Scooby Scooby in the chat talking about people have a shorter attention span. That's, that's definitely one of the discussions we keep happening, having about instant gratification and, and that sort of thing. Uh, Sergio Diaz echoing your sentiment, Will and Rob's that baseball and wrestling are kindred spirits. That's why I like both through this year. Mm. I'm a bit turned off to baseball. Quality of play is down. Eight teams in the playoffs. DH universal, no good. Uh, mm. So that's uh, Mr. Diaz's opinion. Uh, and uh, Christopher Boyd says, I hope Billy Corgan will come on your show soon. Yes, me too. Uh, cool, <laughs> cool man. Nine five two. I think wrestling is not popular anymore because wrestling these days doesn't focus on storytelling and character development. And wrestling these days, wrestling these days only focuses in the ring. Um, I, I mean, it's weird though because it's like it's not even good in the ring for a lot of this stuff. You know, like they kind of cut you short. What was it like? I don't think it was. It was last week's Raw where I swear to God, I looked down through that thing and it was like, there was like five disqualifications in the show. And it's like, man, any other legitimate sports entity, if they had five games into this qualification, you'd be like, something is wrong. Like yeah. this cannot stand. Like we've got to do something. And uh, it's like, nah, that's just, a way for us to like not have to worry about what matches we put together this week. Let's just get somebody out there. And uh, that's, that's disappointing. Um, but yeah, Dr. Red say they're having difficulty finding kids to be on sports teams right now. Kids are just not interested as interested in outside sports. Uh, COVID is also not helping uh, the situation. So uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of thoughts in the chat room, but uh, we, we, we have been blessed by the presence of somebody who might have some insight. He is, after all, ladies and gentlemen, the doctor, oh. the doctor of love, the doctor of style, Dr. McLovin, Dr. Rob Stinson is here. Welcome, welcome, Doc. And happy Guys, birthday. Man, I, oh, happy, happy birthday to you, man. Birthday <laughs> I heard y'all still had y'all still had a couple slices of gravy cake out here. I was like, man, I got to get we in. Saved, we cake. saved you one. We saved you one. 
Man, I love you guys, man. I I uh, I, uh, I couldn't wait to get home, man. I mean, I'm I'm so happy to see my kids at school again. I really am, and they're happy to see us. And uh, you know, things are weird, but uh, I could I can't lie, man. I every every two minutes I had to look down at the chat. And it's like, man, I got to get me some gravy cake. Need to get on home. <laughs> you got you got here just in time for me to take my pee break. Uh, I was okay. gonna I was gonna make Gary awkwardly just talk by himself, but now you're here, so uh, yeah, yeah. Take it away, guys. Well, I want to first of all, I want to point out how how I love how uh, every time Gary says entity, he emphasizes the T in that. It's like entity. <laughs> I love that. So that's a positive. I can't I can't tell if you're making fun of me, Rob. I don't know no, if I appreciate I'm, this. I'm making fun of you. <laughs> the entity. <laughs> Yeah, the greatest <laughs> entity of all. I love that, man. Um, secondly, I, I wanted to point out, you know, I stopped watching Gang of Thorns when Joffrey was killed because that was my boy, man. He's missing Spoiler alert, boy. everybody. Why was – wait a minute. Joffrey was your boy? He's my boy, man. He's misunderstood, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, but you know, apparently – Nobody who was, actually watches that show thought Joffrey was misunderstood. But but they're going to tie some loose ends here in the final season coming up, so – I don't know. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know. not going to happen either, sadly. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> I've been listening in tonight, man. Uh, good discussion. Um, I, everything that you said, I'm uh, 100%. I think, again, our our statement, the unified statement that we put out as a, as a team has been that we believe wrestling should be simulated combat performance sport. It should be a contest under a contest under gentlemen's rules with a decided outcome under certain parameters. And if you're not doing that, then you're, it's not wrestling anymore. And like, you know, I was listening in the car and I heard Will say that, look, you don't see MMA out there trying to imitate wrestling. They've got their own fan base. Why should wrestling imitate MMA? Wrestling is wrestling. It's the most noble of all sports. It's the greatest sport. You had world champions entertained in the white house by president Theodore Roosevelt and others. There's nothing, there's no shame in it. Wrestling is wrestling. So don't try to make it something it's not. So Will was spot on when he said that. And uh, um, so I just, you know, I just have to echo that because you, you pretty much, uh, if we have an NWA party line, that's it. And uh, I 100% agree. This, whatever this experiment is, it's not, it's not what we know and recognize to be wrestling. And if Dolph Ziggler, it's like on Moneyball. You're like, yeah, if he's such a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? If Dolph Ziggler is so freaking awesome, why does he win any matches? Come on, guys. Give your, your give these intelligent fans some credibility. So I know I'm repeating a lot of what you guys said, but uh, but I just those are the points that I heard and I just wanted to agree with them. So well, I always will uh, respect you taking the time to agree with uh, me. So that right. that's very nice. Of you. <laughs> I cherish I cherish moments like this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're just trying to get to the bottom of the industry. Like, what's uh, what's what's stopping wrestling from being uh, at the peak that it once was? But yeah, I, I think I think Will kind of hit the nail on the head with uh, there's just a lot of different things targeting your attention right now. The world's a different place than it was in the late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, that goes for a lot of different things, but uh, it's just uh, it's probably hard for anybody to get those kind of ratings and be that culturally culturally relevant uh it's just uh i don't know man it's tough uh let's move on to some other news here real quick to bust through some of the stuff that will has out here for us uh uh will's will's our news guy if you guys didn't know he he's throwing these out um 
the next one is just basically just talking about, uh, according to WrestleTalk.com, uh, on the Arm Drag Takedown podcast, uh, Chris Bay was on there and he talked about uh, how much of an inspiration Eddie Guerrero was to him. Uh, he says it was watching Eddie Guerrero win the WWE world title. And I realized I had to give that feeling to the world. That feeling I'm having right now watching this is the feeling I want to give people when they watch me perform. That's kind of when I knew this is what I had to do, what I really wanted to do, what I love to do. All that time was about me trying to prove to the office. I would not, I could not only, Oh, sorry. This is when he got into the promotion before he actually signed a contract. He said all that time it was about me trying to prove to the office I could not only hang with the roster, I could provide something different than the rest of the roster. I could essentially have my spot without taking someone else's. I'm grateful I got that opportunity. I'd say I haven't wasted it. Being the current X Division champion, the finesse division champion. Um I like that quote there from Chris Bay for a, a few things. I like a lot of that, obviously, because I mean if you're gonna like have a uh uh, wrestler that you kind of mimic their career or hope to have their career. It's Eddie Guerrero is a, that you could do a lot worse than Eddie Guerrero. Cause that guy was amazing. Um, but Chris Bay's made a name for himself on the independent scene. He's a pretty impressive dude. Uh, and, uh, but I also love that quote about the finesse division champion, just because I've always, I've always wondered with impact, like what is the X division? Is it the intercontinental title? Is it the cruiserweight title? Like, what, what is that? Like, Willie Mack was holding it. So, you know, no offense to Willie. I don't think he was, like, cruiserweight material. <laughs> so, it's just uh, it's just a weird one. So, yeah, maybe it's just that more stylistically uh, prevalent person. Um, but anyway, yeah, just, uh, just a cool little note on Chris Bay. Any thoughts, fellas, on Chris I just, the X Division? I just like that because, you know, we I don't feel like uh, we talk about Eddie Guerrero a lot. I know he he wasn't a presence in the NWA, but, um, I mean, he's he's top-notch. And, and I think I think a lot of people are inspired by Eddie Guerrero, and they, they probably don't talk about it as much, and, and we don't really give him uh, the full credit that he deserves for really being a, a just, you know, a superstar. And um, so that was just, to me, that was just kind of a feel good article of like, it's nice to see. It's nice to see a guy like Chris Bay throwing it back to such a legit legend and saying, Hey, this is the guy that inspired me, you know, not, not somebody with a, with an off the wall gimmick or, you know, this big entertainer type personality. Um, I mean, Eddie Guerrero was, was a class act and, and did a lot of great wrestling um, for a lot of years. And so, you know what's funny though? Like when you look back right now, and especially in today's crop of wrestler, do you, do any of you ever notice like uh, Hulk Hogan was like the biggest draw in the world for forever, like just huge. And I could be off base here, but it never feels like you see Hulk Hogan referenced as like the guy that like people like reference as like, oh, yeah. I saw Hulk Hogan and I knew. Like no, I was going to be a wrestler. I wanted to be Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was a draw, even just as we we're talking about, it, he was a draw for like the general public, but not for the people that like wanted to be professional wrestlers. The people that wanted to be professional wrestlers understood that like, okay, Hogan's a draw because of the way he looks and his personality and stuff like that. I don't want that. I want to be like an athlete in the ring. I want to be Brett the Hitman Hart. I want to be Eddie Guerrero. I want to be, you know, Ric Flair, a best all around. Like that. those are the people that, 
you know, when you go into a profession, you're looking at the people who did it all really good. And they were, they were skilled technical athletes. And yeah, I mean, Hulk Hogan was a big draw, but, but in a mainstream way, not in a way where like people are like, you know, it's the same way in sports too. I mean, you ask a lot of sports players and they're going to tell you, they're, they're not going to tell you the big um, superstars that were making all the headlines. They're going to tell you the guys that were like, had long careers and had solid careers and, you know, batted over 300 for their whole career and stuff like that. Not, not the Sammy Sosa's and Mark McGuire's not to keep making it about baseball, but Rob's here now. So I feel like I have to cater to him. But, but it is, it's like, it's like you get, you get the, uh, Ric Flair would arguably the big, be the biggest name. Like obviously lots of people reference Ric Flair. Uh, maybe, uh, I see Sergio Diaz in there talking about, uh, Mr. Perfect and the Undertaker. I mean, Mr. Perfect, a hundred percent. I agree with the Undertaker. I think it's your Mr. Perfect, your Bret Hart, probably Shawn Michaels. You could throw in there, and uh, but it's guys like Eddie. It's guys like Ray. It's uh, it's it's like these kind of guys are the ones that like the wrestlers that wrestle now are like that's who I saw and I needed to be them. Yeah, you'll see people like like they'll say like Lance Storm, man, his work in the ring, or El Vampiro, or people like that. You know that that a lot of people might you know that aren't that aren't nerds like all of us would say are relatively. I mean, they're they obviously made the big time and were WCW or WWE, but more or less when you compare them to Hogan, they're more or less obscure. You know, but I think like with Hogan, you never you never see and you never see anybody saying, "Hey, man, I want to do George the Animal Steel." He inspired me to be a wrestler. But at one time, Georgie Animal Steel was over like Rover, man. When I was growing up, I mean, his a love affair with like, or not love affair, but his love interest in Miss Elizabeth, that was money, man. But not, but that's not the kind of thing that inspired workers, you know, because workers, I think that wrestlers are, are a smart, very intelligent sort of people. At least the people that I interact with on, on my very small independent level here in Ringgold. These are people that study it. They they're very uh, tuned to 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 storytelling in the ring. They're very in tune to Matt style, and you're not going to draw that kind of thing from a, a brawler like a uh, like a guy like say Hulk Hogan or a Stan Hansen or somebody like that. And there's no disrespect to those because they were fantastic and and they made their contribution. But that's not what you know. That's not what the the intelligent wrestler. Uh, who wants to be a wrestler who wants to go in and, and perform in the ring and do technical stuff. That's not what inspires him. Yeah. It's, I've just seen a Dr. Sort of, it's just a different sort of character, you know? Yeah. I've seen Dr. Red Tyler in their mission. I'm a manager. I'm motivated by Bobby Heenan and Jim Cornette. I think if you want to be a talker, like if you want to be an excellent speaker in yeah. the business, I mean, you, you, you'd be crazy if Bobby Heenan wasn't number one, Jim Cornette, Paul Heyman, uh, God, I'd even throw Jesse Ventura in there. I, I love Jesse Ventura, like on commentary and stuff. I always oh, thought man, he was Paul famous. Ellering. Yeah. Paul Ellering was so good. Uh, Jimmy Hart, you know, I mean, these guys are just, we actually met Jimmy Hart. He actually did one of the shows that we do here locally. And, uh, and uh, you know, I came out and I had this sequin jacket on and he was really entertained by my monologue there at the beginning. I opened the show that night and Jimmy Hart, he pulled me to the side afterwards like, Rob, it's like, I'm going to tell you you, 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 I tell people all the time, if you look like someone in the crowd, you'll be someone in the crowd. And I appreciate what you did. So I was like, Hey man, <laughs> thanks. 
that's solid advice. You got it right here, folks. Right here. You were like, uh, I wear this jacket every day. Like, yeah, this is just my street clothes, bro. <laughs> I usually don't have pants either. So yeah. it's <laughs> but uh hey, did no, we do I, our manscape plug yet? No, we haven't. Speaking of not wearing pants, you always want to look your best when you're not wearing pants. That's why Mm -hmm. the Manscaped.com engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the ultimate below-the-belt trimmer for your grooming needs. You guys got to take care of yourself below the belt. You know how to do it. It's Manscaped.com. We say it all the time. It's got a ceramic blade, a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. It's quiet, it's fast, simple. comes with a cool charging stand. USB charger. It's great. You don't want to miss out on this. Go get the Lawnmower 3.0. They even got the, uh, the, uh, oh God, I just forgot the name of the thing now they have the, uh, for like your ear and nose hair and stuff like that. That's kind of cool. They just came out with. But uh, anyway, you know what? You go to manscaped.com. You check out all the stuff they have to offer. Fall deodorant, Trump probably needs all of that stuff. You, you got to go get it. Manscaped.com. Use the code NWA pod. And you get twenty percent off and free shipping. NWA Pod at Manscaped.com. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my boy Dean Malenko, who's getting mentioned all throughout the chat. And my nice God, ah, love Dude, Dean one Malenko. Of the greats, man. Uh, one of the greats. Loved, growing up, like I still appreciated Dean Malenko. Like just early on, he. I always felt bad for him by the time he made it to WWE, just knowing that he would never get the credit he deserved and, and the biggest push he got was being that like <coughs> wannabe suave dude like ladies man dean malenko which is an interesting character for him but uh let me tell you something but Gary, the ice man dean malenko yeah. come on now if you if you've got the full package you know if you got the the ability to talk work and uh you know and you got good looks you know and not many of us have that <laughs> you know some of us do but not many of us have that but if you got it you got it however from time to time you see somebody that might not be the best talker, but doesn't need to be a good talker. And Demon yep. Lincoln was that guy. There's only a couple of those guys like that. I mean, I'm thinking of guys like Kerry Von Erich, who wasn't a great talker. He didn't have to be. He had to look, and he was such a dynamic performer. You believed him. Um, you know, really, except for maybe Kevin and Fritz, the Von Erich family weren't known for being spectacular talkers. And Dean Malenko is like that, man. He wasn't. I, I, we mentioned Lance Storm and Vampiro. Those guys didn't have to be good talkers. It would have been nice. They didn't have to be. Not everybody's Chris Jericho. You know what I mean? Not everybody's Eddie Guerrero. Not everybody's Ric Flair. Um, but Dean Malenko is the one. I think of the person who is like the person who most got over ever. He and like Chris Benoit, without having to be great on the mic, they just did it just by sheer believability, you know, just sheer intensity. Yeah, uh, Malenko, just that man of a thousand holds gimmick. That was enough. You believed it. Like, you can't out-wrestle Dean Malenko. You just knew it. And, yes, James A. Shaxx and Junior mentioning it. Malenko versus Guerrero and, like, ECW, those two guys going at it. Yep. And, like, even – I think they even did it at WCW and stuff. Like, that's just ridiculous. And when you threw Jericho in there and Ray and uh, just a lot of those guys, they had, they had some bad-ass matches – uh, uh, Brian Cervantes mentioning William Regal, by the way, and I was just listening to something the other day, and I wish I could, wish to God I could remember who said it so I could give them credit for it. But somebody was talking about that, like a wrestler that, like in a different era or something, like if you could go back and 
change one thing like who 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 was missed out on it and like whoever it was was saying william regal was 100 percent it like i think it was another wrestler talking about like the william regal they knew like he was confident and had charisma in the back and stuff don't you think that a william regal like is you know in that that doug williams vein like a nick Aldis would fit perfectly into the nwa mold oh yeah oh yeah gosh that is freaking money man yeah, I, I think it's it's they just got this idea that he was this one character or something, and they kept trying to force it on him. But uh, it just uh, Regal Regal was good, man. Regal is still good as uh, the GM of NXT. Like the times I've seen him, he's 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 a solid. Just he's good for the business, and they trust him. That's what that's always the crappy part, right? Like when they when you know a wrestler is like really really solid, but then you see a person who you feel like should have had a chance like an Adam Pierce or a William Regal or something like that. They just become like figures in the WWE, like they're like backstage talent or like agents or something like that. I mean, I'm sure that's nice for them. At least the business is keeping them afloat, but it's like, dang, now you're relying on them to groom your next generation of talent. But like, you never gave them the chance to like be that. And, uh, that's a anyway. That's a whole other subject. Uh, Brian Myers over on Cultaholic.com. Brian Myers, uh, who is the former uh, uh, Kurt Hawkins, right? Did I say that right? Yes. Uh, he uh, he showed up on a podcast the other day, and uh, it was on uh, sitting ringside with Dave Pinzer. Uh, he said uh, they were talking about uh, how. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson talked about uh, on their show that WWE was just tossing out money. Like when contracts were up to like keep people from going to AEW. And uh, so on the sitting ringside with Dave Penzer uh, podcast, they asked Brian Myers about this. uh, And uh, he said, quote, Oh yeah. Astronomical money. Uh, WWE's motives were so obvious that the new deal started getting nicknamed the please don't go to AEW contract. <laughs> uh, he, he said it was uh what said, what's what's the, you were offered something and you said, no, it went up no matter who you were. It went up for everybody. And then it just kept happening. It wound up being what is what, what it was too good to be true. Really, to be honest with you, more money than I ever imagined making in this business that I signed for And like I said, I had already been a producer. The big thing for them was getting you for years. Uh, Everybody's contract was five years. That was their big thing. And, you know, all the boys are calling it the please don't go to AEW contract. But that's fine because I'm like, all right, I'm comfortable here. I enjoy it. I'm set up for post in ring stuff. I'm more than fine signing with this. Uh, but yeah, it was it was basically just just kind of in that discussion about you know that WWE was just trying to keep people from walking away. Now these obviously these people that you're hearing this from now are the people they ended up releasing anyway, so it wasn't by any means guaranteed for them, I guess. But uh, still, it, it gives you like a little insight for folks like uh, Gallows and Anderson and 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 Brian Myers here, who's like. You know, at a certain point, you're like, man, if they're going to give me this much money to do nothing, then I kind of have, I still have to do it. <laughs> like, it's still, it's just so much money that they're offering me not to go somewhere else. 
Yeah. And, and here's a question I always have. And maybe, uh, Rob, you're a doctor. You might can answer this. Hmm. How is it that they can lock these guys in for five years and then just release them? How does that work? Because to me, that seems really underhanded. Like, I'm going to tell you, Rob, you you have to be on this podcast for the next five years. You can't do any other podcasts, anything else, not even Piper's Notes. You can't even go on there. You got to be only on this podcast. I'm going to pay you an astronomical amount of money. And and then like a year from now, I can change my mind and be like, no, you're released. How does that even work? It, it should, but I, I don't really understand the nature. Like, I mean, I, I understand how contracts work. We deal with contracts in my line of work, but I don't understand how those those types of like employer See, I mean, in my line of work, we deal with unions and stuff like that. And there's collective bargaining and there's, you know, we're a right to work state. And so that's not a reality. And, but I guess it's, it's sort of like I, I, there has to be some sort of severance. I mean, if you're signing a contract, I imagine there has to be some sort of penalty for releasing. Um, I guess if it were me, if you guys said, hey, Rob, we're going to pay you this money. You're on this podcast for five years and uh, you can't do anything else. I'm going to do it if you're paying me the right amount of money, but behind the scenes, I'm going to be perfecting my craft elsewhere and always being preparing for a plan B, you know? So it's just part of like knowing the nature of the business. And, you know, we're, there are a million podcasts out there. We are currently what number 45 and the second most populated nation in the world of India, in India of all podcasts. So, you know, we're, 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 we're doing pretty good with what, with our, our brand and the way we interact and the message we put out, but at any time that can change. So I'm, I'm going to have a backup plan. And I think, you know, uh, wrestlers are pretty much they they function as independent contractors more or less. If you're an independent contractor, you need to have a you know a backup plan and a backup plan to that too. So, but I don't like it. I mean, I agree with you, Will. In, in principle, I think uh, you know a handshake should be a handshake and a contract should mean a contract. But you know, I understand also from a business perspective that things sour. I mean, we have, and I don't want to beat a dead horse here or, or make this more than what it should be. But we have entered into contract with educators and uh, in Georgia, uh, the, the tenure system is after three years, you're granted tenure. Then it's very, it's very difficult to remove someone after their tenure. So you have three years to decide if this person's on your team. So you, you, you bring a person in saying, Hey, we've got a three to five year plan for you. But after one year, if you're dissatisfied as the employer with that, they don't mesh with your vision. I can let them go. I can let them go. And there's no repercussion at all. There's no collective bargaining thing. That's just the way that, that, that it works in Georgia. Every state's different. There's no federal arrangement for that. Uh, yeah. But it just seems to really favor the employer, which yeah. obviously, I mean, it does. It does favor the employer. But I think knowing that, we always, always tell. You know, because there I've recruited teachers and I always encourage teachers to have a, a three year, a five year, six year plan and to have backup plans just because uh, just in my case right now in the state of Georgia, you know, we're heavily furloughed. We're losing something like 15 days uh, this year, which that's a large chunk of salary for for me. I make pretty good money. I'm not going to lie. But for most teachers don't make that good. That I mean, especially first, second, third year teachers, they're not making a lot of money. And you lose 10, 15 days, that's life changing. But that can happen at any time because we serve at the pleasure of the state legislature. We serve at the pleasure of the public. And uh, whenever public circumstances change, 
you have to have a backup plan. So this is just, this falls back into, you know, as adults and in wrestling as an independent contractor, you've got to take care of yourself. That's why I don't fault an Eddie Kingston or I don't fault a, a, a Ricky Starks for doing what's right for them. You know, if there's someone that's offering them money, you're little, and it's not about the money. It's about what the money says. You know, someone looked at Eddie Kingston and Ricky Starks and said, let me tell you right now, what we love what you're doing in the NWA. We think this is what you're worth. And if someone came to me and said today, hey, Rob, look, man, if Jay Kels came to me, they say, look, man, I know I know, uh, Gary and Will, you love them. They're your boys. They're giving you these Manscaped 2.0s and whatnot. And I know you like those, but I'm about to hook you up with the Manscaped 5.0. Oh, and free, no. And free pizza for life. Nobody give you the 5.0. Did, <laughs> Did you say free pizza? Free pizza for life. Oh, man, where do I sign? That's what I'm saying. You got to look at for you too. So they're, 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 I don't want to villainize the the business owners or the corporate side, and I don't want to villainize the independent contractor. Everybody has an interest, and when they meet together, like in the case of a Nick Aldis and a Thunder Rosa, when both of their interests align, that's beautiful. That works out every well for everybody. But companies have to do what's best for them. I, I understand that you know Th- Thunder Thunder's husband can appreciate that because he's got his hands on that. David Marquez can appreciate that, but also the workers can appreciate the fact that at the end of the day, I'm just me. I'm not a corporation. I've got to look out for my brand. I've got to take care of myself and, and my family, my needs. So I see both sides. You know, I'm not going to turn any side into the bad guy, but it, it's best if they can work together. That's good. And I mean, you know, I'm happy to see a lot of these guys landing back on their feet. I mean, that's one of the things we talked about a lot on the show is, you know, all those releases that WWE did is kind of a black mark on the industry. Um, it was a super depressing time along with the pandemic and everything that was going on. And so I'm glad to see these guys, um, like I said, landing on their feet. But yeah, just I don't know. That's never sat well with me. Um, but just, you know, in terms of this news, talking about WWE throwing like ungodly money at people to keep them from going to AEW. I get that too. I can appreciate that as you're saying, Rob, from, from a, a company standpoint, from a business standpoint. Um, but it, it just kind of confirms a lot of the issues that I think a lot of us have with the WWE that they're going to use their money to try and, and, and not make their product successful because they didn't take all these people and make superstars out of them. Right. I mean, they didn't take they didn't take EC3 and 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 Kurt Hawkins and uh, all these people that were released. Rusev, they didn't make superstars out of them and make good with that money. Even even uh, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows, you know, they they had big potential. They could they could be huge stars in WWE, but they squandered them. And, yeah. and don't you think, Will, that this has uh, like a this is a more fundamental issue with the WWE beyond like business rank. This has to do with the fact that I think the WWE and this is not everything because I think there's many bright spots there. But don't you think that this has to do with the fact that the WWE has lost its bearing on what pro wrestling is? Yes, it's not. It's not. It, they don't even call it wrestling anymore. You know, they don't even call it. They don't even say the word wrestling. So, you know, yeah. we're, we're dealing with like three or four problems behind that. Where before we even get to why in the world you were released Anderson and Gallows, these yeah. guys are money. I mean, they just made freaking a million bucks doing talking shop of mania with three camcorders. You know, I mean, it's well, you 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 don't have to look any further than Cody Rhodes to make your argument. Boom. 
you know, they looked at Cody Rhodes and they said, oh, you're, you're Dustin's brother, right? Um, all right, then you can do the same gimmick as him and we'll give you a different name. And all the while he's saying, hey, let me try this. Let me try this. Let me try this. And I know he had, he had uh, uh, some things as Cody Rhodes before that, but got to the point where it's just like, okay, you're Stardust. And he's like, I don't want to do that. I want to do more. Well, no, this is who you are. And yep. as soon as they cut him loose, man, he became a freaking superstar, you know, and now is part of running his own promotion, essentially, that is a direct competitor, the only real direct competitor to the WWE, so much so that they have contracts that they were handing out that were nicknamed, please don't go to AEW contracts for five years, you know. Right, so. yeah, absolutely right. And with Cody Rhodes, this is a guy who – who has been raised? He is he is wrestling royalty. If anybody knows what's going to work or sell, it's going to be Cody Rhodes. You know what I mean? Just the and and this is not even a good analogy, but just to put it in perspective from from my standpoint, I have two guys here. Their names are Lex Lee and Kevin Coffin. They are a tag team called the Jungle Kings. They are fantastic. They they wrestled the Young Bucks. They are good. They they've got they look good. They're outstanding workers. They're believable. They're good on the mic. They show up at WWE. WWE actually puts them on. If you go back and, and YouTube right now, if you go YouTube, WWE Gary Graham, that is actually Lex Lee. He's my buddy. He works here. He's on. He's the guy that's on viral, if you, if you watch the viral show. Well, he shows up there, and they tell him this. They said, you're going out there. Your name is not Lex Lee. Your name is not this, that. Your name is Gary Graham. You have two minutes and 36 seconds, and this is the sequence that you do. This, 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 and that. Do not deviate from it. If you do, you won't ever be back. And that's what and, – and, and guys like Drew McIntyre are facing that. You know what I mean? This isn't just Lex Lee, who's an independent worker. Guys like Drew McIntyre are being told that. And that's not right. That's why, you know, it's not so much like everybody wants to go to WWE for sure because that's the, that's the big – everybody wants to play in pinstripes. I'm a lifelong Braves fan. They said, Rob, but I want to sign you to be the freaking ball boy at Yankee Stadium. You get to wear pinstripes in Yankee Stadium. I'm doing it. But it comes with a cost, you know what I mean? So when all these guys like Cody Rhodes and and uh, Brody Lee and all that leave and they talk about just feeling free and fresh in this new environment where they're allowed to be creative, that's what it's about, man. Wrestlers, workers want to be able to have freedom. And, and I think when they got so micromanaging and so uh, preoccupied with the script, that's okay if the script is good. Yeah, you know if the script is okay, that's fine. But the script sucks, man. <laughs> the script sucks. Yeah. So this, and this was I, I didn't send you guys this article, but um, Eric Bischoff, you know, who appeared on Dynamite um, last week during that debate segment, uh, was talking on his podcast about the the differences between creative with WWE and AEW. It's exactly what you're talking about, Rob. He said, you know, WWE they're telling you where to put the commas and the apostrophes and and everything in in your promo. And AEW was a lot more collaborative. So they were, they were, there was creative that was in control, but they were, they were building concepts and directions for stories, but ultimately it was up to the guys to decide how they wanted to execute that. And I think that's the difference. I think you can see obviously from like a, a thing like Cody and the TNT title being defended against Warhorse and Eddie Kingston and Ricky Starks when these guys weren't under contract. I mean, they're obviously open to other things that WWE would never touch in a million years. That like they're letting these guys come in and freaking Warhorse is taking it to Cody 
Like it's not like Cody's like rolling over Warhorse. It's like Warhorse is giving Cody uh, the a fight, and, and Warhorse at least to date is not like a signed AEW competitor. Eddie Kingston wasn't when he was there, you know. So it's just yeah, I think that shows a so, whole different mentality. Yeah, and in doing so, Cody like elevated like independent wrestling. He made a statement that these guys are real athletes. They can anybody can come in here at any time and can compete with Cody Rhodes, you know, because like you said, War Horse Man, he's a journeyman. He's been here, 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 and here. And and Cody Rhodes, even by winning, put War Horse over, you know. Same, same thing with Kingston. Yep. Nobody, nobody watched that and thought any left less of Kingston. If anything, they thought more of him. No. <laughs> No, nobody yeah. could watch that match and say he was buried. I think for me, you know, a lot of this boils down to the mentality like we're talking about. And I'm a big advocate, you know, of course, as you guys know, I am married to the positive life goddess herself, right. the beautiful life coach, Natalia Martin. And so we very much adhere to the idea that you should be taking positive approaches to everything when it comes to business, when it comes to life, parenting, marriage, all that stuff. You should be on, on offense, not defense. And this is one of those things that, you know, just continues to make me uneasy about WWE because it seems like they were playing defense. We're just going to hoard our, all our chips. We're not going to, you know, we're going to we're going to keep it all close to the vest. We're not going to let anybody out. We don't want any competition. And to me, like that's where we're talking about AEW. Fundamentally, they're going in on the offense and they're saying, you know what? We don't care about that stuff. We're going to make the best product that we think we can make with what we have and the resources that are available to us, even if they're not under contract, even yep. if they're not. So what? We're going to put on a, a killer show. We're going to be the, the talk of the, the of the wrestling world the next day. And, you know, in, in a big way, they're doing that. And you can get a lot farther, in my opinion, doing that than you can play in this defense, you know, hoarding talent, just being scared of competition. You know, that that's kind of where I come from. So when I read a story like that, I'm just like, ugh, ugh. No, I just cringe. And they're, and they're at the top, quote unquote, of, of of the wrestling world, which is something that the three of us and everyone in the chat love enough to be sitting here at 10 o'clock on a, on a Tuesday night talking about it. Like, it's just cringy to me. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and it's almost like, and I know this is not happening because I know there are people that are important and that have influence like Edge and Triple H that respect the NWA and respect old school wrestling. But it almost seems as like they're in a dark room conspiring against wrestling like yeah. well, how hell else can we screw this up yeah. you know what i mean i mean that's what it seems like <laughs> and then you have these silly ridiculous statements putting out about freaking out you probably already talked about it about uh attention spans you know and or long-term signings and stuff i mean it's like what are you talking about <laughs> where have you been since 1948 yeah um, since we're talking about wives here, Will mentioning his wife, um, let's take a second to mention somebody else's wife. Uh, our real world heavyweight champion, uh, Nick Aldis, his wife, uh, showed back up finally on WWE uh, on Monday night. Uh, and it was announced that uh, she'll be wrestling Natalia uh, coming up um, cool. next week. And uh, this is the right. first time. First time she's been in the ring since June of 2019 um, that she uh, suffered a serious knee injury when she was working with Carmella. And uh, she, she did do some commentator stuff on main event and that sort of thing. But uh, uh, it'll be good to see Mickey James back. So we just says as, as the 
this is the NWA podcast. We want to give a shout out to Mickey James. Uh, yeah, that uh, you know, glad to see you back. Not not to do a quick turn, but um, you know, I, I put my feelings about the WWE aside. Anytime that the the uh, the wife, the queen, the real world's champion, uh, um, Nick Aldis, I, I'm gonna be for it, and I'm gonna put it over. Um, sorry if that's contradictory, but happy for her. Uh, happy that she's, I mean, she's been off TV for a long time. She's been, in my opinion, one of those people they've been hoarding because she probably could have been living it up anywhere else. Um, but I'm glad, you know, at least now they're bringing her back and uh, letting her do something because she, she's high quality, high quality talent, um, believable. I mean, she's she's one of the good ones. So glad they're they're getting, getting her uh, back in the spotlight. Yeah, uh, multi-time women's champion and uh, just a, a legend in the business as far as women's wrestling goes, or as far as wrestling in general goes. So uh, good to see you. recording star. I mean, she's a, a, a multi-threat. I, I like to call um, all this the national treasure. She is a national pleasure. She is so multi-talented. And, uh, and, you know, from acting to music to wrestling, she is they're the, the great wrestling power couple. The national treasure and the national pleasure. Look at that, clever, clever, Doctor Stinson. Oh, that's clever. That's clever. And it cost me seventy thousand dollars, bro. <laughs> Come up with stuff like that. Seventy thousand dollars, Gary. If we got go, a lot. If you go and 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 make a donation on uh, nwafam.com, you can help me pay that down. <laughs> we got to sign Rob to one of those five-year deals, Gary. Yeah. So <laughs> we got to do. Um, yeah, if you want to yeah. help sign uh, Dr. Stinson to a five-year deal, you can go to the nwapod.com and you can donate a little bit of money to either buy us a beer or buy us a Stinson for another year. Yeah, pay off Stinson's tuition. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen I, I'm drinking a silver bullet right now. This is not like, you know, if you're going to buy me a beer, buy me a good one so I don't have to drink these anymore. Just, I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. Yeah, the struggle is real, man. Fellas, the only other news that I had, just so we we stay topical, uh, just to to throw it out there. Uh, uh, well, let's see. Actually, I had two more quick items, and we'll wrap it up and go to the after after show with the uh, chat room. Uh, Jeff Cobb spoke to Fightful.com recently about his contract negotiations, uh, but he did, would not specify where he'd sign. Uh, he immediately. He had, he admittedly felt like the bell of the ball for a while when everyone was making him offers. Speaking of, he stated that WWE did make contact with him during his free agency period, uh, but Impact Wrestling did not. Uh, Fightful's teasing that they've got an interview coming out with him this week uh, in conjunction with his appearance in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Jeff Cobb, newsworthy because, of course, he'll be taking on the real world's heavyweight champion coming up soon at this uh, pro wrestling expo that's happening in Texas at the end of the month. Uh, he, he will be part of a triple threat with Nick Aldis and a mystery opponent. We don't know who yet, uh, but uh, should be exciting. But the first world title defense that we know of uh, that'll be happening uh, since the hiatus for everything. So Jeff Cobb, no pushover and has apparently been in contract negotiations with multiple locales so be cool to see where he ends up yeah yeah this is a guy who can who, who can go by the way i mean this is let me tell you and, and i believe in my champion and i think he's going to be okay but he cannot he can't pull 
a James Buster Douglas here because Cobb is someone who can win a world title. <laughs> so I'm just saying, and I'm sure our champion Nick Aldis is not overlooking him, but I hope he's not because uh, this is the guy who can go. This is a legitimate, legitimate competitor. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, then lastly, uh, we did stick around and do this long enough to find out that the uh, WWE Raw ratings are in and uh, total viewership is up slightly. Good for them. But 18 to 49, that rating dropped by another 8%. So they are suffering, y'all. But the... uh, Let's see here. It says Raw had, uh, according to Meltzer, Raw had split messages this week as viewers increased 7,000 from last week to 1.72 million, but 18 to 49 was down 8% to 0.47. The latter being the third lowest number in the history of the show. Uh, Raw finished fifth for the night, 18 to 49, and was 24th overall. It was fifth among non-news shows. The BA game head to head did a 0.67 in 1849 and 1.53 million viewers. So it's actually beating the NBA, which is something, you know. So it's not, I don't know. I don't know what that says, really. Uh, the, uh, it, it just, uh, it's tough to say. It, it just, it, it steadily had a drop, as you'd expect. From at eight, it was, 1.81 million viewers, nine, it was down to 1.75, 10, it was 1.6. Um, in contrast to that, like The Rock has a show, if you guys aren't aware, on NBC that uh, is called Titan Games. And uh, it drew 3.54 million viewers, which was the lowest number of their entire season. Uh, so that they, they just... The Rock over there is is whipping his old company's ass. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, just uh, those are the raw numbers. Uh, it it just uh, they're ju- they're just not capturing that key demo. It's another thing we just have been talking about over and over again. Um, but there we go. Yep. Yeah, (laughs) and that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) I know, I know. It seems like I could never get tired of burying the WWE, but I think I've reached my limit for one day. We could talk about other things. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about one other thing before we wrap up the podcast portion of this, and just go to the chat room uh, because I feel like it's part of our duty to uh, discuss this, guys. If you have not yet, or if you're not aware of this yet, Thunder Rosa, the lovely and wonderful women's world champion, the owner of the Burke, the real women's champion, she has a show that she and her company, Mission Pro Wrestling, is they're putting it on on September 18th. Uh, it is available now. For ticket purchasing, if you'd like to, it's located in Buda, Texas, Friday, September 18th, 2020. Uh, you can go to missionprowrestling.net. Mission Pro Wrestling, you got to check this thing out. I thought I'd have a clip, more clever commercial planned out for you than that right now, but uh, they're not paying us to sponsor them. We're just telling you this because this is one of the hottest tickets in wrestling right now. You got to get on that. 
perhaps even more important than anything else in wrestling. And we're talking about even NWA going to the United Wrestling Network. Mission Pro Wrestling, Hell Hath No Fury, Friday, September 18th. We've got a stacked card of seven, seven matches. I just counted them right now in front of me. Uh, seven hot matches between some badass ladies. You guys got to check this thing out. It's going to be streaming on the Title Match Network. If you can't be there live, you need to get this thing and promote the hell out of it. Let people know you want to see it. Let's make this thing blow up. Aside from all of the great talent that's going to be there, you're going to have folks like All Elite Wrestling's Big Swole is on that card, taking on La Rosa Negra. But the most special of specials, the biggest match possibly of the year 2020, and there's a lot of news happening in 2020, but this could be the biggest. It's Thunder Rosa is defending the NWA Women's Championship title against the American Kaiju, Lindsey Snow. That match is going to be a blast. It is going to be a knockdown drag out brawl. I cannot wait to see this one. Guys, hell hath no fury. Tell everybody, tell your mama, tell your sister, your brother, your aunts and uncles, tell them all to get that thing. Title Match Network, you can watch that from anywhere. It streams. But if you can get there, if you're anywhere close to Texas, you want to be there. They require face masks, but it's going to be worth it. Paint your face mask to look like a sugar skull in support of Thunder Rosa. Go watch Hell Hath No Fury. We can't talk about this enough. Anything to add, guys, before we wrap this up for the podcast? No. Well, I think, you know, I mean, another big part, just in addition to the stack card and the excitement uh, for us, especially surrounding that NWA Women's World Title matches, uh, Mission Pro is is a completely women-run organization. Um, How would I forget to mention that? My God. From the from the production to the commentary to everything, and you know, if you thought WWE's evolution was groundbreaking, that doesn't hold a candle to this because uh, this is going to be groundbreaking. This is going to be history. Uh, I'm a little jealous because Rob's going to be there to experience it live. Super excited for that. We're obviously 100% going to be doing pre post show all that stuff right here on this is the NWA podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to be this is Mission Pro podcast uh, for for a couple of days probably, but uh, you know that to me is spectacular. It speaks volumes about um, you know uh, women being empowered to play just as big a part in wrestling as as men. Um, you know, it's no secret that wrestling has been a mostly male run. Um, entity for a long time and so for me that's the most groundbreaking part of this and that's the part that i uh, am really the most behind um because that kind of innovation and that kind of forward thinking uh to me is is huge and it's absolutely great for this industry for this business that we all love 100 can't agree more uh, folks, I, I've got a big question for, uh, I think that uh, Brian Cervantes is still in the chat. I have a question for him about this card so we can get some insight about it. But I'm going to save that till the after show. Ooh. Also, we're going to uh, talk about some other things regarding that uh, NWA and UWN partnership and see uh, what other information we could dig up and find out and talk about and see what our chat room thinks. If you're listening to this right now on the podcast feed and you want to be a part of that, 
you got to come subscribe youtube.com slash the NWA pod. We'd love to have you here live as part of this community, the hashtag NWA fam community interacting with us and with the rest of the chat room live. Yeah, and uh, shout out, shout out to our two new subscribers since we started the show tonight. Thank you. Holy guys. moly. We are so close guys. We are so close. If you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, come on, help us out. Let us get it to 400. Well, we had a thousand folks. I mean, we're going to have the hours. I have no doubt. So we just got to get to a thousand and uh, we get monetized over here on the old. And you just wait, because when we get monetized, we're going to have pyro. We're going to have lights. We're going to have entrance music, all that stuff. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. And if you were here live right now in the chat room, you would get to see the absolute war. That is going on right now between Robert Stinson and Jason Havlick and uh, Brian Cervantes. It's like we got a triple threat happening in can the I, chat. Can I just right say now. this? And 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 I love these kinds of discussions. I don't want Jason Havlick to think like we're being heated or anything. I just want him to know that uh, that Cobb is a legitimate champion. Now, everybody has to have a first world title reign if they're going to be a world champion. You don't, you know, Ric Flair at some point was a zero time world champion. So the fact that I feel like have like I think you're looking for like what are his world championships? Well, he, he doesn't have one yet. I mean, the Ring of Honor World TV title is a is considered a world's TV title, not by PWI, but he has to have a if if, he, if he's ever going to be a world champion, he has to win his first world title. This is a guy that's got titles, man. He was a Lucha Underground champion. He has won a major New Japan championship. This is a real legitimate competitor. Don't trust. I'm just a mark, man. I'm just a fan like you guys. Don't take my word for it. Ask J-Cal. J-Cal will tell you. This is someone who, if Nick Aldis is not prepared, this is a guy who could win his first world's championship. And I am the biggest Nick Aldis fan that you know. I'm right. just telling you. Do not sleep on Cobb. This is the real deal. <laughs> we are about 10 minutes from Rob Stenson's voice hitting another octave. So you guys don't want to miss that. you got to be here <laughs> now you're my boy. I appreciate the debate, man. And this is, and we're all friends here, so don't don't take this in any kind of spirit. But but just go 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 on YouTube. This guy, reach out to Cal. Cal uh, J Cal's got footage of him. He's got an archive of amazing matches. I watched one the other day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy can this guy can roll. He's the real deal. So and and he's got the credentials and the resume to back it up. So that's all I'm saying. But I mean. The, Nick Aldis, no doubt, is the best in the world. There are not many people that have the resume to match his, but that's not how it works. I mean, you have when you're a, a young guy, you have to build a resume, and Cobb is that hungry young guy building the resume. So just because he's not a world champion yet doesn't mean that he's not a credible contender. And I can hear you over there. I can hear you listening to this right now. You, yes, you, you who are listening to this on your drive to and from work right now, I can hear you saying like, I want in on this conversation. I have things to offer. You can do that. YouTube.com slash the NWA pod. We are live every Tuesday night and Sunday night. You can join us and be a part of these chats. We'd love you to be here. We can't wait to talk to you, but as we always do, we're going to wrap up the podcast portion and just go and focus solely on the chat room. Will, you look like you've got something to say to the podcast listener portion of this, so I'll let you go. I was just going to say, you can find me uh, at Hey It's Will on Twitter, and uh, that's that's where I live, so come interact with me and follow me, and uh, we're... Uh, where we, this is a community. And if you, if you, I will say, I will add to what Gary said and confirm, if you have not experienced 
the live version of this show and the chat, it's literally like a party where everyone's just talking about wrestling, but the three of us have a microphone and a camera. So it is very uh, interactive. It, it is uh, very uh, informational. You learn a lot, you grow a lot. And if you can get Rob riled up, that's the best part. That That's the best, uh, the best outcome. And it's not hard to do. <laughs> if you need some advice on how to get Rob riled up, just DM me on Twitter. Um, I'll give you the talking points, how to get him going. Um, but yeah, come, come join us and tell all your friends. And man, and, and, and man, I'm not riled up. I'm Jason Havlick is my boy, man. We, we I love, he's in here all the time. He's faithful. He's NWA fam. This is what we're here for to debate. And I'm going to tell you when we go off guys, when we go off the air and we're just chatting me and Will and Gary, we have some heated debate sometimes, but we love each other. And that's all part of the fun. It's like, uh, someone who doesn't know you, they can rag on you and you'd be offended. If you really love them and know them, they rag on you, you rag on them harder. So, Havlick, don't take it, man. We love you, man. But uh, to answer your question, Dalton Castle, yes, is a credible contender. For sure. Rob, save it for the after show. Tell these people where they can find you. You can find me at rstinson4. You can find me on Instagram at like Shoot, where is it? Robert D. Stinson. Not four, just Robert D. E. Stinson. Oh, you just can find me on MySpace at Tom. Uh, oh, my and, God. Uh, Here we go. Um, All right. I am at this is Gary Horde. <laughs> the show is at the NWA pod on all of the social media stuff. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Help us get those numbers up. Give us a rating on iTunes. If you're feeling froggy and you like what you hear here and you want to help us out, then let's let's make this thing bigger and better. And uh, but the, the, the more power we get behind it, the more community we build with you folks, it allows things like yesterday's surprise live show that's already up on the podcast feed and everybody live got to experience where a surprise appearance, appearance by the real world champion, Nick Aldis and David Marquez just popped in for no good reason except to talk to us and tell us all the news. Anyway, that's it for the podcast portion. We're going to the after after show. And until next week, Enjoy your gravy cake.